it's Friday, and I'm Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching The Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Woo, look at you just landing in that chair. Oh, my God. You have no idea. Y'all, I was on, a, I'm doing this project. I really can't tell what it is, but it's fun, and uh, it's crazy because I just saw what the new normal is on a set. And uh, the safety measures are intense. But I thought, okay, it takes me 16 minutes to get to the set. It's out in the San Fernando Valley. So I left at 3.30 being so responsible. The 101 was just packed. I'm like, wait a second. I got a show to do. But here and also, where's everybody going? Y'all stay at home. I know. I'm just like, and my dogs are so confused because I walked in and they got all excited. I said, you can't be excited. Got a show to right. do. We don't have time right now. We got to check in with the people. So welcome, everybody. We're here. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Whether you're watching on our Facebook or on my YouTube or on Periscope on Twitter, welcome. We see your comments. Please feel free to share and chat along. Share the broadcast with your friends. Don't keep us in the corner like a dirty little secret you're ashamed of, although if you do, I get it. Um, <laughs> now, I know you've been real busy all day, so I thought I'd catch you up on the news. Please tell me what's happening. Okay, bless his demon semen heart. Stephen Miller is trying to convince everybody that mail-in ballots uh, don't get checked for people's identity, even though it goes to your house, which is the address associated with you and requires uh, registration for that to happen. Uh, your favorite Jim Jordan took time away from ignoring, you know, high school child molesting or whatever back in the day um, to try to get Dr. Anthony Fauci to say that protesters are causing corona spikes. Never mind the fact that weeks ago, he was the one shouting, yay to liberty for all of the people out protesting, not wanting to stay home with no masks on. Um, let's see, what else? Well, I oh. that up in this morning where it was really interesting to me and um, that everybody, you know, Bless her heart, Maxine Waters just trying to put that mask, uh, get, keep it up, and everybody's really working hard. And colluding Fauci, who was so respectful, where he would speak and then he would put it back on. Jim Jordan just sitting there without a mask. Uh -huh. Like, it's the motherfucker that he is. He is, I have to say, that of all the people, besides probably Matt Gates, I cannot stand him the most. In fact, I think he is the one I loathe the most. I hate his arrogance. I just, Oh, I wish that they would just defeat that motherfucker. Ted Cruz is right above both of them for me personally. Yeah, but he's kind of been silent lately. I, he, he, Jim Jordan just screeches and he just screeches bullshit. I can't, oh, I just can't stand it. Oh, and then also. I'm not slap him. I think I could just reach across, just slap you. And then also a hurricane's coming for Florida. So. You're all, that's, you're yeah. cut up. Maybe it'll just wipe out the coronavirus. That's probably what Trump's going to say next. I know, but like, if it's, it's low level, it's like a category one right now. And hopefully people can stay home because if it's, if it gets bad, then you've got to pack everybody into shelters and that's like a spreading zone. So, oh, Florida. It's bad. I tell you what, though, I have to tell you something, Emerson. I didn't even tell you this when I was calling you panic, but I don't know I'm going to make it. Um, Today I had the worst panic because, you know, as, as I, I uh, put on social media, I showed you getting a, a rapid test the other day and where I'm working, you literally drive up, 
before you can go in, you in the morning, you have to check all of the boxes. Is any of this happening to you? If anything is going on, anything at all, if you just had diarrhea, you cannot come to work. You go in, they do the, the rapid test, you sit in your car until you get it. So Alexis is really sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, person, uh, production coordinator that's working on the show, she comes over and she knocks on my window and she says, Dell, I am so sorry, but you're going to have to do it again because, and I'm like, for three seconds, I said, okay, you have to start with, there was a failure with the, the, the equipment. You cannot start with, I am so sorry. <laughs> that was... <laughs> It was so scary. So I said, I know what it's like to tell be told that I, I, I have the coronavirus for three seconds. For three seconds, my mind. Ah. Oh my God, that is a lot. Um, but wait, you know, I want to say Todd lives in Florida. Um, we had Judy said they're already evacuating the North Carolina Outer Banks. Hi, Lilia and Bob. But a very important, obviously regular fan of the show has a comment. I feel it's very important to share. Uh, Guru Kumar says, it's a pleasure for me to write this testimony about how I got my genital herpes cute a month ago. I have been reading so many comments of some people who were cured from various diseases by Dr. Akura, but I never believed them. I mean, it's clearly spam, but I just thought, well, good for you for sharing your herpes journey with everybody. Who the fuck is that? That crazy person, Doctor Kokusa, or is this just somebody that random? I don't know. It's just a spam comment I found entertaining. Well, Gudu Kumar, Kumar, good for you that you got rid of the herpes. We're so glad. Also, I thought you can't cure herpes. You know, don't those Valtrex commercials tell us once you have it, you have it forever, but you can manage the outbreaks. You got it. You got it. Um, also, uh, today's the final day for. Oh yes, for Prizio. Uh It's the it's the last hours actually, and uh, y'all have been so good to us in helping theaters. And if you want to do just one little more, every dime, every cent goes to these uh, wonderful theaters who are struggling right now because of Corona. And we've been able to distribute. Already $2,000 each to 23 theaters, and probably we're going to do a little over 1000 So this Prizio is doing very well. I think it's over 5000 right now, adding to the till. So, you know, you might- And the grand prize is a Zoom. A Zoom. Yeah, a bunch of the cast. Poor old Ann Walker. Ann Walker called me. She says, do I have to be camera ready today for that Zoom thing? I said, no, Ann. No, I hope she's in the room. Um, I've got a dog just like trying desperately to get in my lap. He wants to be on the show. This is Matt Hayes' dog that I'm I'm dog sitting for. This is Porter Wagger, y'all. Okay, now go, go away, Porter. I got a show to do. I was about to say, we're, we're going to end up all the way off the rails. Show. I am so excited about tomorrow night, Emerson. I bought my ticket. Yes. Tomorrow night. 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central. Blake and I will be doing our 10-song uh, journey of some random musical theater and songs that we like entitled I Dreamed a Dream Girl. Y'all, it's only $5. I'm putting the link in the chat right now because it wasn't easy to make a banner because it it's you got to type random numbers. Uh, it's just $5. We'll hang out for an hour, hour and 15 minutes. We're going to do songs from our living room. Um, 
We've crafted an opening number that fits the title that we are thoroughly entertained by. So it's our first time ever doing a show together. So I hope that if you watch our show, you will think that is a fun thing to come and enjoy. I love it. Tell me more about the Mike Pence, uh, the uh, Trump motorcade hitting a dump truck. It just sounds so appropriate. That's it. Their motorcade hit a dump truck. And I thought, which one was the dump truck? I was confused. Oh. <laughs> Emerson, you must be feeling better. You're just more wicked. I'm not. I had a horrible anxiety attack last night. It's fake. Oh, well, uh, I am having a, a little bit of a problem with my... Um, with my mouse on my, I don't know if it's the heat or not. So, um, uh, you think the heat messed up your computer? No. Okay. I'm going to, I, I can do the first story, but then I'm going to have to click and, and see if I can get the rest of them. Otherwise you may be doing all the stories today. Oh. Um, so, all right. I, Wait, what we do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense. So now it's time to do that. You're welcome to comment on the stories, share your thoughts while we chat about them. You're off the hook. It just got fixed. It fixed itself. It fixed itself. Uh, y'all, I don't know if y'all you watched yesterday, but I watched uh, John Lewis's uh, memorial, his funeral service, where 50 congressmen and uh, Nancy Pelosi spoke, and and Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton spoke, and and George Bush. Who whoever thought that I would like him for for a little bit, and I did when he spoke in, in such a genuine beautiful way. I cried about four times. This man did so much. And um, I just uh, feel like that, that for once we got it right in honoring him with, with so much. And if you did not hear what he, the, the, the op-ed that he wrote two days before his death, uh, just Google Morgan Freeman and listen to Morgan Freeman's voice, read what uh, this beautiful man wrote. And so yesterday after his death, uh, he continued to show support for the LGBTQ uh, rights. He, he, as the civil rights icons curse, made its way through Atlanta on its way to the state capitol. It paused briefly in the middle of the rainbow crosswalks and crowds broke into applause and began singing, we shall overcome. And that just reading that makes me throw up again. It's, it was just so beautiful. Um, Jennifer Jennifer Holiday sang. I mean, I, I don't know if you if you you watched it. Go to YouTube and see if you can find it. Now, did she sing or did she scream? A um, little bit of both. Okay, you a little bit of that church lady oomph. Yeah, there was a lot of that, but um, but but it was it, it was it was it was just so. Um, powerful, the whole uh, the whole service, and and the 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 pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church was he spoke so eloquently about and my, <laughs> it's like it's so hard to talk about. There was this little boy who he couldn't have been more than eleven years old, and he got up and he read a poem for uh, John Lewis, and at the end, and he says, "I'm going to miss my friend," and he just started crying and walked off the stage and. Uh, one of his his mom or his aunt or someone took him and hugged him and it was just uh, you you know what I I just I thought this man was so loved and he was so important to so many people and and fought so hard for for so many rights including our rights the LGBTQ community uh, right up until his death I mean he kept going yep so. and I appreciated Obama taking the opportunity to talk about pass the Voting Rights Act. And with yep. all this stuff, with the post office and gerrymandering and difficult things, 
that is what he cared about. And, you know, I certainly don't want to speak on what he would have liked and not, but it certainly fit with the priorities in his life to use that opportunity uh, to talk about those things too. Yes, yes. All right, this next story, I hope you have seen this video. On Tuesday night, 18-year-old Nikki Stone, a homeless trans woman participating in a New York City protest against police brutality, was snatched off the street by plainclothes officers and taken away in an unmarked van. She was in a van. She was one of 12 people arrested Tuesday night. Protesters were marching and feeding homeless people around 2nd Avenue and 25th Street, when the police showed up. The arrest was documented on video from several angles that has been widely shared on social media. She was arrested Tuesday night. Uh, pro people protested outside of the precinct all night long and she was released Wednesday morning. Now, police say she was wanted on charges of damaging police cameras. Her fellow demonstrators said the arrest was more like a kidnapping, eerily similar to what officers from the federal government have been doing in Portland that we've seen. Uh, protesters said their action was entirely peaceful until the police showed up. The NYPD tweeted saying the arresting officers were assaulted with drops and bottles, but you can see none of that in the videos where bicycle cops are like holding other protesters away while they throw her into this van. It is, has been said that undercover squads like this are used to affect arrest warrants, but even Mayor de Blasio said, a lot of us have been watching in pain what's going on in Portland. Anything that even slightly suggests that is to me troubling, and it's the kind of thing we don't want to see in this city. I think it was the wrong time and place to effectuate that arrest. Did you see it? I did not see it. Well, what's crazy about it, when you're reading the story, is I thought, where is she? Nobody seems to know where she is. No, she was arrested and released. Oh, she was arrested and released. Because yeah. they where she, they did, people were, maybe I'm getting another story confused. I'm not. They didn't know where she was that night. On Wednesday morning, okay. she was released. Her name is Nikki Stone. Um, she is currently unhoused, and there is a GoFundMe campaign to support her. Uh, so you can go there if you want to contribute to her housing situation. But watch the video, because it is a horrifying tactic. This isn't someone who is accused of murdering someone or anything like that. She's accused of tampering with police video cameras in some way. They snatched her off the street and threw her into a van. And at the time, the they didn't identify themselves to anyone else around. So there was a number of hours where people didn't know it was NYPD. They assumed it was the federal government, like what's happening in Portland. And we should be able to demand more accountability and communication at the very least when a citizen is being snatched off the streets Absolutely. in the middle of what was up to that point, a very peaceful protest. This was not a protest that was being accused of being a riot at any point leading up to this action. That is a terrifying story. And I, 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 I thank you for clarifying that. Uh, um, so yes, let's, 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 if we can give to her GoFundMe, I'd like to see her off the streets. That's uh, at well, you know, that's at least a bare minimum we can do, you know, to support yeah, to her, help her uh, when when she was violated like that. Isn't he? It's it's illegal not to identify yourself, though, is it? Is it not? I mean, yeah, I mean, it is. The question is, did they identify themselves to her only and then effectuate the rest of the arrest in the van? It, I was watching and they did say that this kind, if they're concerned about the environment that someone is in where they know someone will be and they go to arrest them, this is a tactic that is used. So there must be a legal aspect, but even that seems concerning. Even if, you, if you're worried, um, 
if this is a nonviolent offender, not somebody that is even in the arrest situation, that this kind of tactic should be used in the most extreme circumstances. You shouldn't be just able to yank somebody off the street. That's kidnapping, you know. Absolutely not. So in other awful shit, uh, Attorney General William Barr testified confrontationally on Tuesday before the House Ju Judiciary Committee, Committee. If you didn't see this, you, I think we can all agree that just by watching this man's demeanor, his loyalty to ridiculous measures for Trump, he is a complete dick and asshole. He called uh, the Portland protest an assault on the government of the United States, despite saying previously that Trump's tweets can make it possible for him to do his job. He claims now not to have seen Trump's tweets praising Roger Stone for not testifying against him. When asked if, if there was uh, systemic racism in police departments, he claimed there's not. Out U.S. Representative uh, David Cicilline of Rhode Island made a notable moment when he pressed bar on whether it's ever appropriate for a president or candidate to solicit or accept foreign assistance in election. Special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation found that Trump's campaign was at least receptive in uh, getting help from Russian operatives during the 2016 presidential race. Barr initially replied that it depends on the type of assistance from foreign governments. And when uh, Cicilline asked him if it was ever okay to accept any type of help, Barr said it was not. Cicilline then commented, sorry, you had to struggle with that, Mr. Attorney General. Right, like as the Attorney General of the United, I appreciate it, like, it was like, sorry yeah. I had to struggle with that, sir, to say that we shouldn't be asking for help from foreign governments. And for the Attorney General of the United States to be calling protesters using their First Amendment rights, attacking the federal government, like you just don't understand. Oh, great, that's that's who's in charge of all of this. Just the lap dog to Trump's butthole. Yes. <laughs> I was just gonna wait. I was like, I'll wait. I was just like, that was one of those things where I was reading my the, 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 for the next story, and then it just it was sort of like that. It just kind of oh, that's a. Would you like to say that again? Please, uh -huh. it's a lapdog to Trump's butthole. Oh my God, it's just, it's so, it's just so right. And there, and yeah, it seems like there are several lapdogs to his butthole lately. I know, Lord, it's probably smooth and shiny at this point. The amount of people that spend. I do not want to imagine Trump's butthole. I just, okay, I just, please. Okay, well, in lighter news, and we want to know what you guys think about this, the Emmy nominations came out on Tuesday, but full disclosure, I usually get the stories of the show ready the night before because we write during the day and do stuff, so usually day of stories end up on the next show. But the Emmy nominations came out with lots of exciting news and some great LGBTQ representation, both in storyline and performers. Uh, the number one, the big winner was HBO's limited series, The Watchmen with 26, and I was thrilled. It's my favorite thing I've seen this year. It was brilliant. It was thought provoking. It was challenging. Regina was just perfect. Um, so that's the big nominee winner, followed by Marvelous Maz Miss Maisel with 20 each. You know, I love some uh, witty banter dialogue. Ozark and, and Succession with 18 each. And then 15 each for The Mandalorian, SNL, and Schitt's Creek with yes. all of the main cast, including a full 
vote a triple threat for Dan Levy as actor, director, and writer. And I love that. I think it's going to go down as one of the great queer series of television. And I love that he got recognized for all three aspects of owning that world. Um, I, I did not realize that the, what's the actress name who plays Alexis? Annie. Uh, oh yes, so she got nominated too. I'm so thrilled. I yeah. tell you, I love, I also love the, the who plays uh, Stevie on that show so much. Yes. I, I think she should have been nominated. Uh, but and then other- All got nominated. And I think, I want to predict that Catherine O'Hara is going to take it this year. I would love that. I think it's oh. going to happen. Um, wait, you yeah, know, then, also, go ahead. And then other nominees of LGBTQ Note include Killing Eve for both Jodie Comer and Sandra Oh. Dead to Me for Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini's uh, casual uh, bisexual character. Yeah. Billy Porter Pose, Zendaya for Euphoria, Hugh Jackman for Bad Education, Jeremy Pope, Jim Parsons, and Holland Taylor from Hollywood, Kerry Washington for A Lesbian Journey on Little Fires Everywhere, Issa Rae for Insecure, four of the women from Mrs. America, Kate Blanchett, Uzo Aduba, Tracy Ullman, Morgan Dar- Martindale, Laverne Cox, Orange is the New Blackback, The Queer Eye Hosts, and then this shows what we do in the shadows. We're here, the drag queens on HBO and RuPaul's Drag Race, the show, Ru, and Untucked. And an important trans representation moment for Rain Valdez, nominated for the Quibi show, Razor Tongue. All right. And and, and not, not LGBT, but I feel like that we need to give her a shout out because I love that Octavia Spencer, our friends, her, her platform is helping women of, of, not only of color, but also of just women uh, she yes. devotes two days a week to her Instagram, promoting uh, women's businesses. And uh, she, uh, uh, Miss Walker, that she played on self help, and she was just brilliant. And she got her first Emmy nomination. Yep. And I loved a, a bunch of shows that I finally caught up on uh, that have been Emmy nominated during the quarantine. I've watched all of Ozark now, so finally understand that. I've watched three seasons now of Insecure. And Issa Rae is brilliant. It's jaw-dropping. It's hysterical. It's thoughtful. It's complicated. That's the one Mason McCulley is on. Our oh, friend Mason uh, was on Insecure. Um, and then an interesting thing I noticed in reading through, every one of the limited series, all five, are female-driven, and four of them are like full female heavy. Mrs. America, Little Fires Everywhere, Unbelievable that Dale Dickey was on, Unorthodox, and The Watchmen. I'm, I think I'm going to take the Emmy list and just start binging those. I just feel oh. like I've missed so many things. I missed The Watchmen. I started it and it was just, it was at a time when I, I, I was feeling very, very anxious. And so like the first, I said, I gotta, I gotta, I know it's brilliant, but I've got to back away from The Watchmen for a while. Totally. Uh, it's it's heavy, but it's, you know, there's, especially with it, because it opens with the Tulsa massacre. Yes. That for many, it's for many people what started that big conversation about that. It's not a thing we learn about in schools and history. And it was such right. a compelling launch to the show. Um, and then it was interesting, you know, there was a lot of conversation about Billy being the only one nominated for Pose. I really think MJ Rodriguez really should be in the running as lead actress as the heart of that show. I love her so much on that show. I, there's, a, there's, there's so many great performances. So, And then the other big one, Reese Witherspoon, all three of her big series from her big production company, Little Miss Sunshine, um, Little Fires Everywhere, The Morning Show, and what's the third one? 
Uh, they have another one. What was the other thing she did this year? Oh, oh, Big Little Lies. Yeah. All three of her shows. The other actress is nominated. The show's nominated. Yeah. Big things. She was so sweet, clearly, about it. Like, I'm thrilled that all the work that she's helping create uh, was recognized. But it was like, man, she had three big performances in addition to, like, producing and putting out these female-driven stories um, to have everyone nominated but her. I mean, I'm sure she... You know, I have to say, I, I tweeted it when it happened. I said, everybody's like, oh, we're so glad to, to, that Meryl Streep has joined the cast. I go, yeah, when she gets your Emmy nomination, you're not going to be glad. And, uh, she, and she did. Get a, she did get an Emmy nomination. She got it mostly for those teeth. Uh, uh, Zana uh, said, unbelievable is brilliant. Yes, Johnny said, check out Netflix, Mucho Mucho Amor. Oh, I watched that. It's the documentary about Walter Mercado that Alexis Mateo did on Drag Race. Yes. Watch that. Oh my God, you'll love it. Mucho Mucho Amore. Okay. He, ended, he always did it, Mucho Mucho Amor. Um, and then Eric said, a friend of mine, a lesbian, developed little fires everywhere. Well, look at you, Erica. And Janine's watching British shows. So, oh, well, there you go. Well, I guess we'll we tune in on the, on the Zoom, the Emmy Zoom. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to. I love the Emmys and yeah, I guess it's gonna be on Zoom, huh? It's gonna have- I mean, some version of Shot at Home, yeah. I don't know how they're gonna do that. All right, well, uh, moving into, uh, this is just a sad story. Um, uh, Dr. Joseph Acosta, the chief of the critical care division of Baltimore's Mercy Medical Center, died of COVID-19 Saturday as his husband, David Costa, held him. <sighs> this, I'm in a mood today, I'm in an emotional mood. He worked for months on the front line treating uh, COVID patients. About 20 colleagues at the hospital were at his side holding a vigil for the 56-year-old man. And his husband said those who cared for Joe were his best friends. This is, the, this is what broke my heart. A housekeeper who knelt by his bed shook with grief and she said, I am now losing my best friend. Mercy Medical Center released a statement regarding his commitment to helping others. They said, Joe was more than a trusted colleague. He was also a true friend to many. He dedicated his life and career to caring for the sickest patients. And when the global pandemic came over and came down upon us, Joe selflessly continued his work on the front lines, deeply committed to serving our patients in our city through this great time of need. His husband, David, said, I keep thinking, now there's one less ICU doctor to care for pandemic patients in Baltimore. I get so angry when I see people not wearing masks. It makes me want to take a bar of soap and write on my car's rear view mirror that my husband who saved so many lives died of COVID-19, wear a mask. And I put that story there to honor his life, to honor his sacrifice as a member of our community showing up on the front lines and to lead into this next story. Um, because it really matters, like wearing the mask, like this isn't political. Tony Green is a white gay man who is a cultural transformation coach to prisons and inmates. And he wrote a very brutal, honest, and frustrating piece for the Dallas Voice this week. He says in part, full disclosure, I am a gay conservative, someone that often juggles persecution for my sexuality while being true to my values. Such a combination requires a lot of tenacity to earn respect from either group. We're not going to fall down the Republican, gay Republican rabbit hole, but you all know how that goes. Yeah, I, admit I voted for Donald Trump in 2016. I admit 
traveling deep into the conspiracy trap over COVID-19. All the defiant behavior of Trump's more radical and rowdy cult followers, I participated in it. I was a hard ass and stood up for my God-given rights. I believe the mainstream media and the Democrats were using to, to create panic, crash the economy, and destroy Trump's chances at re-election. That's what he believed. And then he tells this story that because he believed it to be a hoax, he hosted family members back in June. He woke up sick the next day. By the next day, his partner and his parents were all sick, while his in-laws who were there went to see the birth of their first grandchild. Every single one of them except the baby got sick. He and his father-in-law both went to the hospital. The virus attacked his nervous system and they had to stop him having a stroke. By July 1st, his father-in-law's mother died of COVID-19 pneumonia while his father-in-law was in the next room. The day of her funeral, five more family members tested positive and the father-in-law was put on a ventilator. He went on to say, you can't imagine the guilt I feel knowing that I hosted the gathering that led to so much suffering. You can't imagine my guilt at having been a denier, carelessly shuffling through this pandemic, making fun of those wearing masks and social distancing. We are all at the precipice of a common heartache. The next time you decide to defy them rather than comply because you're defending your rights and freedoms for being trampled, Remember, you and your family may be next. Is that too harsh? Try imagine someone you care about on life support. Try being the one to pick the only 10 people to attend a funeral. But don't fret, you've got time to, to ponder because the mortuary is booked out at least for a week. America, this is not gonna go away. I'm calling myself out first because it's now this is personal and I fell on my sword. And I promise you, if we continue being more worried about the disruption to our lives than we are about stopping this virus, not one American will be spared, not one. Well, first of all, good for him for coming clean with this and, 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 and saying that, but it's real hard for me. It's real hard for me to, to, I mean, I feel so sorry for all the people who are affected, but it's, I just wanna say, you know, you, you, you asshole, you motherfucking well, asshole. But, and to admit, and I feel like that's the struggle, right? Because there are people at the top, Trump and Miller and all those people in the White House who know and are like ignoring it to win the election. Mitch McConnell ignoring it to win the election. This is somebody who sat at home and bought what they were fed from the leaders on their side, from the news people on their side, you know, cause he says, I truly believed it was a hoax. I mean, nobody endangers their family. You know, that's not someone on the internet being like, I don't want to mayor wear a mask because da 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 da. It's, I believe this. So I had my family over because I thought it's not a big deal. The Democrats are making it too big a deal. That is the real danger here. Um, and somebody just said, and this is true Herman Cain learned the hard way. Say, Herman Cain learned the hard 74 years old, Herman Cain went to the Tulsa rally, you know, not wearing a mask, an anti masker, and he's dead. And, and it's really, really difficult for me to drudge up any sympathy. I'm so sorry. I, I, because I, I mean, you know, I'm a sensitive person. You see, I'm a sensitive person when I, I read about this Dr. Costas who, who took, who lost his life by giving his life to other people. But when people like this who said, who say, oh, you know, I, I, I believed it was a hoax. Why? Because you're stupid because you refuse to be educated like the rest of us, because you don't reach further and see that there are people dying that are real? Where do you, where do you, what do you think they are, these people? Uh, it, well, I, sure, but there are a lot of people on that side who have been deluded 
by the journey of media across the last four years. I mean, yes, you can call it stupid. It's also people whose news is so blinkered and so blinded that they were told for weeks and weeks and weeks it wasn't that big a deal, that it wasn't that the Demo that it, oh, it's bad, but it's not as bad as the Democrats are saying because they want to shut down the economy to defeat the election. You know, there is a journey where people's political affiliation has kept them from reasonable consideration of the other side. And that's well, the just their political affiliations. It's them. You can't say I it's just because I'm affiliated with this. You know, that's what I said. That yeah, it's the know, news that they're getting and how the news is being portrayed. Right. I get I understand that. But then you're limiting yourself and you're not wanting to be enlightened by anybody else. Right. I mean, I guess we're on the on the other side of it. We do the same thing to a certain degree. Sometimes we absolutely do. But yeah, and that's the point is that like people have gotten so siloed that they don't believe the doctors because they don't believe the government because they've been believing news that incorrect. You know, it's like it's a stair step problem. That is how this has become a partisan issue instead of just a public health issue. Vanity Fair put out a big story today about Jared Kushner was work as terrible as he is, was working on a national organized response plan. And then that never went anywhere. Had a team of people like they worked on coordinating national testing, national contract tracing that was supposed to go to Trump. And then the plan never went any further. And what they implied in the story was that because it was primarily affecting Democrat governor-led states and major metropolitan areas, they decided not to do anything else on the plan. Right, because I mean, because politically it was it did not benefit them. They thought, and now and they don't care when their people are dying. Herman Cain, Bill Montgomery, the founder, one of the big financiers behind Turning Point USA. That's Charlie Kirk, who's like, you don't need a mask, all this stuff. He just died of it too. They're not going to care unless Mitch McConnell or Trump gets it. They're not. Maybe or Lindsey Graham or someone. Well, what about that that old Texas man who's made us all look bad? Right, Louis Gomer, who Gomert. said he thinks he got it from wearing his mask. And then they showed the, all of these. They showed him wearing not a mask, but this flimsy bandana. And he's like, and he's just saying that he touched himself, you know, and it was because he. But he wasn't even. He didn't even do enough research to know that. First of all. Bandanas are not great. If you have the, if you have a choice to wear something thicker, even cloth is like three times better than than a, than a than a very sheer bandana. And that's what he was wearing on, you know, while he was at work and was making his people come into his office. He brought all those people into his office to tell them he had it. It's so, just like I want anyway. Educating our neighbors. No, I read a very interesting thread that it was like, you know, if we really shut down the country, I mean, really shut it down, like 90% shut down for like eight weeks, we could get it under control. You look at how they did it in the European places and New Zealand and things where they successfully got past and now they only have small pockets. They pop up, they know what to do and they shut that area down again. But if we don't do it, it it's just going to keep, we're going to stay here. I, so, have, I have some friends that just moved to New Zealand and they have they, they they wrote me this week and they said Dell we have a guest quarter just waiting for you come on over <laughs> run away um, all right well we've reached just past the middle point but if you enjoy the show we do do it to educate to entertain to share you stories um, sometimes it's a little more intense like today but don't worry we've got some light ones coming uh, and you have money sitting at home and you want to support our effort in the time we put in to do this 
you can send us a tip, a dollar, 30, thousands, whatever makes your heart happy, on Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. It's in the ticker at the bottom uh, while we move on. Um, oh my gosh, wait, Jigs uh, said, I just cut ties with someone Monday because she kept posting the demon semen lady. Yeah, that doctor who also believes the alien DNA, that the government's trying to create a vaccine to stop people being religious. I mean, she turned out to be so bonkers, far beyond the demon semen. Well, and then somebody, you know, somebody wrote me that's kind of almost like a cousin to me and said, don't you believe these numbers for a minute? They're all lying. All these numbers are lies. And I'm going, yeah, there are more. I'm sure there's more than what we're seeing. So, all right, well, let's move on. I mean, I don't know why I'm just on a tear today. I apologize, people. I just, some of these stories have got me riled up. It just got my blood pressure pumping. You get what you get here. Uh, maybe it was just rushing over here. Okay, well, this is this is uh, uh, Linda Bergeson of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, has been peddling products for um, Mary Kay ever since she quit her teaching job in the 80s to become a full-time cosmetic saleswoman. She worked her way up, becoming one of the top sellers, earning um, 19, 19, y'all. Who needs 19 Cadillacs? But she earned them along the way. Ironically, it was one of those pink Cadillacs that ended up leading her to her downfall. Earlier this month, she and her husband, Tom, were spotting getting out of their car and tearing down a Black Lives Matter sign in Grand uh, Marius, Minnesota. The sign was on the private property of a resort owner, Andy uh, Delisi, who saw what was happening on his security camera and called the cops. When they arrived, the Bergensons told the officer they took down the sign to send a message. They were let off without a warning, but the images went viral and Linda was ID'd by that Mary Kay Cadillac and Mary Kay put out a statement saying that they would be severing their relationship with this individual. They said, we are not the Mary KKK. Yes, the Mary KKK. And she is supplied now at- um, uh, Avon. Amway. Avon. Avon called in and told us she's not welcome at Tupperware either. No, no, no Tupperware for this bitch. Okay. And you know, it's, you know, with all of this pandemic and the election and stuff, you know, this anti-racism conversation, it's still ongoing and the protests matter, but we've reached the point where it's great that we're like saying stuff on social media and on Facebook and on Instagram and whatever, but we have to create legislation. You know, the momentum of that conversation about our local police departments and about our local governments and about how we treat and talk about and deal with systemic racism requires legislation. We have to stay engaged in that argument. I mean, calling out Mary KKK is fun, but it's we have to hold our local officials, our local police departments, we have to stay involved in those conversations through this election and beyond. So we don't change the laws. Calling out one racist walking down the street doesn't change our culture. So, and then real quick update uh, while we catch up. Uh, San Francisco did pass, um, the uh, ordinance allowing the reopening of bathhouses. So when we get out of Corona, San Francisco bathhouses, I'm gonna have to stop by and visit one. I, well, you know, and I've got so many airline points now, just wait, oh. all those tickets. Maybe it'll be shows. Blake and I will pitch doing I Dreamed a Dream Girl in a San Francisco bathhouse performance space. 
I would love that. I will go. You can I, do one of your shows, the shit stir at the bathhouse. I yes, uh, the shit stir at a bathhouse. That's what I, I should do. Uh -huh. We should do it. We'll live stream. I'm thinking about doing the shit stir stir live streaming. Uh, uh -huh. So I'm just trying to find a date because I've got a lot of shit to stir, as y'all can tell. I guess I we sort of do it every Tuesday and Friday these days. Stir up a little shit. All right, you go on. Is it my turn? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did that fast to catch us up on the time. Okay, all right. In Webster, South Dakota, Troy Creech put a pride rainbow flag up at his home. Well, the flag went missing from his yard. And one day later, a Facebook Live video from Darren Pisall showed him burning a rainbow flag. His rant was loud and aggressive, and he screamed. Okay, and I did, um, I did watch it. I knew you would for the performance. And you know why I watched it? Because I thought, this guy has to be Southern. And sure enough, he must have moved there because he had a Southern accent. And he says, right here, there's a flag that deserves to be fucking burned. Right here, we're burning the fucker. All you pansy ass fucking queer degenerate sons of bitches, watch it. Then he douses the flag with lighter fluid. He uh, uh, never mind. I was going to say he saw Sorted Lives. He stole that from Bo Bridges before saying he needs to wait until after work to burn it. He did finish it, uh, finish this little rant by saying, Burn, 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 you queer sons of bitches. Yeehaw! Go home and cry to your fucking mommies about that, you 30 year old living in the basement, sons of bitches. Of course, the video got out and Troy Creech. Uh, wants, uh, uh, got out and Troy Creech wants hate crime charges, but South Dakota doesn't protect LGBTQ people in discrimination statutes. As for Peaceall, he says, I regret posting that video to Facebook. Apologize to those who were offended. But he stopped short of saying he regrets actually burning the flag. He said the whole thing has been blown out of proportion. <laughs> <laughs> Much like the uproar over tearing down war monuments, the controversy of the Confederate flag because they're offensive, the public display of that kind of thing is offensive to me. Mm -hmm. And I swear to God, I did not overact. He was, no. saying, I, I may have underplayed it a little bit. Y'all, the video, I mean, really, you know, we've seen a lot of these things over the years, but there is an aggression to this that's genuinely terrifying. I mean, look, burn whatever flag you want is whatever kind of protest you want. I've never been one of the people that's like, it's fabric. The symbol is more important, whatever. Um, but it was the aggressive nature of this. And then like the Department of Defense comparing a flag that's about inclusiveness to a flag that was about the dehumanization of black people as if they were the same thing. And once again, for Mr. Darren, just like the Department of Defense, it's not the same. Promoting inclusion is not the same as literally saying black people are worthless and should be slaves. It's it's oh. it's, uh, it's 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 rather ridiculous. All right, they do enjoy it when you do the voices. Oh, thank you. I do look for those. I look for good characters uh, for Dell to, to entertain you all. And I want to share this one because uh, it's personal to me. The Main Street Bar and Cabaret in Laguna Beach has been open since 1958 putting it among the oldest queer hangouts in the world. Bar's been struggling like many others during the pandemic and it's been closed since March. Just over a week ago, police were called when someone saw that two front windows had been smashed. Well, the police found five other broken windows 
and then found bottles filled with an unknown liquid they believe was probably flammable. The bottles had wicks that were burned, but the bottoms, the bottles themselves weren't made from an easily breakable, breakable material, so they didn't cause a fire. So someone threw Molotov cocktails they made at home through the windows of this bar, and the only reason it didn't burn down the place was shitty planning on the kind of bottle they used. Bar owner Wendy Nelson said she believes it was a hate crime. Seems correct. She said, we pray the culprits find peace in their life and the fact that more damage did not occur to our business or the other four tenants in, the in one of the most historic buildings in Laguna Beach. This pandemic can bring people together or tear them apart. We strive for positives within the bars, walls, and encourage positives for all in their own lives. We're open to the whole community, whether you support the community, the gay community, straight community, or the surf community. And I did buyer and seller. The second time I did buyer and seller, I did it at the Laguna Beach Playhouse and spent time at this neighborhood uh, queer bar. And they're super friendly, very welcoming, have great little drag shows. Um, and Blake and I were there with the Skibbies in December and went one night and it was just the two of us and the two Nicks from the Skibbies and the bar was still open and hosted us. So it's really terrifying. This isn't just basic vandalism. This was hateful, like we want to burn the bar down. And she is Wendy Nelson. That quote was so sweet. I don't think I could be that sweet like that. Well, and a reminder that the attitude our president has allowed of people's bigotry to rise to the surface for them to act on their hatred um, is still happening to many kinds of marginalized communities. And okay, in in, in generous news, uh, Mackenzie Scott gifted. Are you ready? 1.7 billion in grants to organizations who needed it most as part of the giving pledge, a commitment by the world's wealthiest people and families to donate the majority of their wealth back to the community. She was married to Jeff Bezos, many of you know this. Their divorce last year made her the third wealthiest woman in the world. Her net worth, are you ready? 64.5 billion dollars. In a heart yeah, that divorce has never afforded me that kind of luxury. Uh, in a heartfelt post for Medium, uh, Scott made uh, clear that her wealth is the product of a collective effort and social structures which uh, that which present opportunity to some people and obstacles to countless others. Life will never stop finding fresh ways to expose inequities in our system or waking us up to the fact that a civilization has this imbalance it, the, the civilization, this imbalance is not only unjust, but it's also unstable. Her first distribution, now are you ready? This is really great. 586 million for racial inequality and 46 million specifically to LGBT organizations, including the National Center for Lesbian Rights, SAGE for LGBT seniors, GLSEN, we love GLSEN, LGBT uh, for students, uh, Australia Lesbian Foundation for Justice, the Point Foundation, who my good friend uh, George uh, is president of, Lambda Legal, PFLAG, we love PFLAG, and the Transgender Law Center, so good for her. She said all of these leaders and organizations have a track record of effective management and significant impact in their fields. I gave each a contribution and encouraged them to spend it on whatever they believe best serves their efforts.
I found it, I mean, it's obviously impressive, but also even more amazing, you know, when you look at the capitalism, cultural impacts of Jeff Bezos and Amazon, that she took his money and turned around. And when you look at it, she she and the team, clearly the team with her foundation, really researched where that money could do yeah. the most good. They gave it to organizations with long track records. They really looked at like all of, 100% of the LGBT organizations are run by LGBT people. 80% and more of the black and people of color organizations are run by black and people of color. Same thing with the women's organizations. They did their homework and she's putting her privilege and his big old bank account to really good use. You know, yeah. it's like we're looking at those billionaires and yet we should work and fix it in society where we can handle those problems in our communities. But until then, giving those money to organizations doing the work, all the applause to McKenzie. Absolutely. All right. Well, this one is just a little fun. Uh, rumor. This may not be true. It's rumored. But actors Max Parker and Chris Mokri play brothers, Luke and Lee Posner, on the hit British soap opera, Emmerdale. I like the title. It sounds like it's my town, Emmerdale. Well, these two actors who played brothers are now dating, according to a new report by The Sun. Rumor. The guys reportedly met on Mokri's last day of filming right after his character was killed after the show. So even though they play brothers, they ever they never actually had any scenes together on the show. One was on the show, he was killed off, the other was introduced as his brother, you know, who'd been off somewhere, as soap operas are wont to do. A source said they were cast as brothers and are really alike and have been joking that casting did a great job. The boys kept in touch after Chris finished on the show, but they've spent a lot of time together over the summer. The early days, but they're really enjoying themselves, and who knows what the future holds. Neither Parker nor Mokri have officially confirmed the dating rumors, but Mokri's recent Instagram posts certainly seem to imply the reports are true. And also, I watched some Instagram videos of them hiking together shirtless in the rain. So whether they're buddies or butt buddies or, you know, soap opera slash fiction porn that people can write in here, I'll show you the two. They're so uh, I would be um, happy... Uh, to see them back on the show together, you know, or or just shooting some kind of scene together. Um, yeah. Well, if they are together, we wish them well. If not, we hope they don't take our little bit of thirst and attention uh, personally. But That's I enjoy that. Look how black those feet are. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah. Um, but, you know, good for them. But I love it. Like, they played, of course, they played brothers. Yes. Yes. It's not uh, incest. It's not real. No, it's not real. It's not real. And then we have Alex uh, Duran, uh, 38, was due uh, to join the master's program in nurse uh, anesthesia at Union University in Jackson, Tennessee. Duran says he applied to the Evangelical University because he had heard good things about this particular program and he believed it would benefit his career. He posted to Facebook this week to say the university had taken back the offer. Just a week before he was due to relocate, he said this weekend and received very bad news uh, regarding the institution I chose for my continued education. It turns out a faith-informed education from Union uh, University is not God's plan for me because Union University is not informed enough to not recognize that bigotry back as religion is not Christian at all. I love that statement. Uh -huh. God taught me to love thy neighbor, Leviticus 19.18, and not to judge as is told in the book of Matthew, Matthew 5, 7. Uh, I am writing to let the public know that this is not okay. The university uh, letter he shared said, your request for graduate housing 
and your social media profile included your intent to live with your partner indicates your unwillingness to abide by the commitment you made in signing the university's community value statements. The value statement says the institution will not tolerate sexually impure relationships, which include but are not limited to participation or appearances of engaging in premarital sex, extramarital sex, homosexual activities, or cohabitation. Duran said that he had already quit his job, he sold all his things to move, and he was never asked about his sexuality in the interview. And he was going to live in the campus on, in, on, in a dorm, not with his fiance, who was not even moving there with him. The university put out the usual as a Christian institution statement for their bigotry. Duran pointed out that Union University receives some federal funding, but as a Christian institution is legally exempt from following Title IX regulations, prohibiting places of education, discriminating based on sex and sexual orientation. I, like they stalked his Instagram to find he had a fiance and then lied because he never planned to live with a guy. Like they lied in their statement. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, you know, that's, that's in that old Testament too. That's And also I am, I'm so tired of hearing about an organization. Like if you get federal funding, you shouldn't be able to be bigots. I don't care whether it's religion or personal. If you get money from a government, you shouldn't be allowed to be a bigot. Yeah. Agreed. Also, um, but also like, I'm good. I hope he goes somewhere else and has a much better time. Cause he's, I, I do too. Um, all right, y'all. Well, we are even managing to be a little of We caught back up on the time. So if you have any questions, comments, I've got one more little story, but type them in now. If there's anything else you want to know, chat about whatever, um, while I share this final, uh, story for your entertainment. Now I need to share, uh, the photo first. So let me get her out there um, because this was one of the only things this week that has genuinely made me personally uh, laugh out loud. Um, all right. There is a wonderful company, Electric Brands, a German-based car company that specializes in producing RVs or modular buses. And they've introduced a revolutionary all-wheel drive camper van that comes in 10 different forms Two different chases, standard and off-road, starting at just over $18,000. It's expected to hit the market next year. Look at it. Isn't it pretty? Now, there is just one problem. Y'all, they named it the E-Bussy. E-B-U-S-S-Y. Now, I'm sure they are saying the E-Bussy, but when you read it online, that is the e-bussy. Y'all know what a bussy is, right? Didn't we discuss that on this show once before? Right. Well, in case you haven't, I'll remind everyone. A bussy is a, a portmanteau for a butt pussy. You're welcome. So they are asking people to spend $18,000 to drive an e-bussy around town. I just love that you found this story. <laughs> I just thought you would all, wait, and the reviews are even better. Business Insider praised it as multi-use. Green Car Report said it's flexible. And Auto Car described it as versatile. Now, I feel like typically someone who's versatile is not the person most likely to use the term bussy. No. I could be incorrect. You could be. 
Um, so that is the end of our official stories. Yes, Jigs, I will ask uh, one answer one more time. I do have a streaming cabaret show. Uh, I will put it in the comments one more time. 5.30 Pacific, 7.30 Central, 8.30 uh, New York Eastern Time. Uh, Blake and I will be singing songs. You've never heard us sing, well, one or two we've done before. But the rest of them all new. You can get $5 tickets at that link. Um, any final comments? Um, I love this comment. Vote, 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 vote by Johnny E. Hartman. Yes, vote, 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 vote. I got, I, I keep talking, Emerson. I want to show y'all something. Brian, St. Petersburg in the house. Um, I want to give a huge shout out to Allison, to Victor, and to Leanne for your uh, tip contributions today. Thank you. Those really do help us a lot as we uh, venture on in doing this show. Um, if you want to also do so, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Colin Shores Productions at gmail.com. That's also in the comments and in the banner underneath. What did you go find, Delford? I just wanted to show, you know, because we were talking about vote by mail. And it's, uh, we, I got this in the mail here in uh, Los Angeles. And it says, you know, it says we can vote by mail. And, and it says return by mail, drop off. Uh, vote by mail dro ballot drop off location. There's a location here. And uh, is this your address? Is this your, I'm not going to put my address there, but is this your business address? Is this your home address? It is so amazingly thorough that I just don't understand. So I say be safe and vote by mail in 2020. For yeah. many reasons, to be safe. And, and to why should I vote by mail yesterday for our governor? Um, and yeah, y'all be really paying attention and be watching what's happening with the U.S. Postal Service. They're making cuts. Postal Service workers are saying they're worried about turnaround time. So once you get it, don't wait, like do it and turn it around. And if you haven't gotten it in the mail by 14 days before the election, uh, consider your alternative options. Leanne, thanks for the therapy. I mean, y'all, therapy for me, it makes me feel good to do this with you all. We love chatting with you. A special shout out to all those people who watch the videos later. Because we see, yeah, thank we you. Show up. Um, we appreciate those. Jim gave us a tip after the show the other day. Um, we really do. We love doing this. Um, and 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 I want to say something. We have a little bit of time because if you if you want to know what we do in our participation, I literally wake up on show days with an outline with all of these stories outlined with the time codes with my name on what I'm to read. I read over them once, maybe twice, and uh, respond in the way that I do. If, if I do a little research, if there's a, a voice to do, but that man that you see on is on my left. He's the one who really does this show. So y'all give Emerson a big, big shout out because he is the one behind the Dell and Emerson show. He really is. So thank you, Emerson, for well, thank you. I've been in. And, and I do it because, you know, we care. I've been frustrated by social media. I find Twitter to be useless lately. Instagram, everyone, you know, it's all the same uh, series of posts. And I feel like this is a place we can talk about our part of the important issues right now, the anti-racism, things that are affecting our community, both good and positive things and negative things. I feel like this is our way to use our platform to talk about, you know, where we are. And we really appreciate that you all engage with us and participate. Um, and laugh with us and discuss with us and challenge us. So, uh, and, uh, 
Thank you, Bobby, and thank you all. Oh, Brandon says, love your Metro Ball. I'm glad you get you, you saw that it's the Metro Ball fan. You know, I did a little hosting the other day and I kept I kept the, the stuff and I love I love the game behind me. I put it out every Tuesday and Friday. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow, 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 let's all gather and watch Blake and Emerson. I will be yeah. there and uh, we will see you. Uh, well, we will. Uh, Emerson, we'll, yeah. see. We'll, we'll see you tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. OK, y'all have the best weekend. And thanks we for your time. Stay, stay safe. safe and be safe. Yes.